0: awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show.
1: The Death to Life podcast frequently touches on adult themes. So we would encourage you to use discretion and discernment on who is listening and where you're listening. The world doesn't think that the gospel can change your life, but we know that it can. And that's why we want you to hear these stories, stories of transformation, stories of freedom, people getting free from sin and healed from sin because of Jesus. This is death to life.
0: I couldn't just expose myself with all of this this weakness to someone else because that's not how that's not how I operate. The weight that was lifted from me, the, the, the feeling was was indescribable. So for me to have an identity as, as a child of God that was true regardless of how I felt or what was going on, like blew my mind.
1: Okay, I have to make a little bit of an audio disclaimer before we uh, play this episode. It sounds like both Justin and I are recording this episode in an old pirate ship at the bottom of the sea. And for that, I'm super sorry. But even though the audio is is a little bootsy, I know that you're going to find so much in this episode that will edify you, that will encourage you. So please don't give up just because we're in the old pirate ship, y'all. Yo, welcome to the Death to Life podcast. My name is Richard, and today's guest is one of my favorite people, I've known this guy for almost a year now, uh, but it feels like, man, I don't even know how long it is. Maybe it's been longer. Man, this these pandemic years kind of just, they just kind of roll together. Uh, but this is my brother. Um, I've learned so much from this guy, and he has a way of making fun of me that is is cruel and painful, yet not hurtful. Maybe it's because I just know who he is and I know his heart. This story is amazing, and uh, man, the forgiveness in this mug. You guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, but th- with that all being said, let's just jump into this. My man, Justin Goodwin, love y'all. Appreciate y'all.
0: Man, this is real talk. God is me on me.
2: Colorful and innocent, that's on me. I'm standing in the light and it's Uh
1: Justin man, welcome to uh to welcome to the podcast game. man. Uh who are you? What is your quest? Where are you from? Tell me about old Justin.
0: Oh man, good questions. Uh well, yeah, obviously I'm I'm Justin. Uh, I was raised in Florida. In Florida. Um Yeah, I'm one of those one of those Florida boys. What what part? The Tampa area. Okay. Yeah, I'm moved around. Uh, a little bit i was down there through uh through the age of 16
1: did you, do you have a spiritual background or a um religious background at all or what was the like the home you grew up in like who was god when you're growing up to to
0: age 16 in your home there um so yeah i was uh i was born in born and raised in an adventist family generationally i think i think i'm I'm probably fourth generation, um, Adventist. If you want to go back at the, look at the the chronology. Um, so yeah. So I attended Adventist school up to like eighth grade and I ended up, uh, you know, getting, getting baptized when, when I was 18 years old, I had all these ideas about, uh, about, you know, who God, who God was and, um, and stuff up to, up to that point. And then, then I, I joined the Navy, I left the, I left the house and kind of, kind of started on a a, a different path of, of kind of exploration. What was the motivation for joining the Navy? Well, so I, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm. Like all I knew was that I didn't have money for college. But like you're supposed to go to college, right? Like that's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that that you do after high school. Right. Um, I had no money. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and and I figured I didn't want to waste that money trying to learn something if I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. So to me, the, the Navy made a it, it was a logical decision to go and learn something, and they were going to pay me a little bit of money and and take care of me and stuff like that.
1: Did you feel like you were? a pretty intelligent guy? Did you, did you have confidence in, um, like, was it like, I can't go to college, but if I would have, would go to college, I would kill it. Or was it like, how did you feel about that?
0: No, I definitely felt, I felt like I was capable. I was, I was not a, an A student, but, but I felt that I, I had the ability to, to go to college and I had the, the, the determination and uh, the, the responsibility at that time in my life to, to be successful, Mm -hmm. just, just didn't know what I wanted to do. And the idea of getting a degree that I had no idea if it was going to benefit me or what I was going to do with it and then spending money on it just didn't make a lot of sense.
1: As you have a chance to look back on that time period, do you see clearly how God was moving? and what was he moving if he wa- if if you do see it clearly what was he doing
0: oh man um so so yes I, I definitely think god was uh was moving in my in my life in in different ways um there's there there's a lot to that question that uh, that i'm sure we're going to we're going to dig on into about my my childhood and and other things prior to like high school uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, I think it was, I think it was good for me. I think it, it taught me a lot. It gave me a lot of qualities that, uh, that I think, um, are benefiting, benefiting me now and that I'm able to use to ultimately, you know, to the glory of God.
1: So as you're going into the Navy, uh, what was this relationship with God? Were you guys good? Were you cool? Did you like, yeah, me and him are tight. Or like, what did you believe about your standing with him at this point in your life?
0: Well, I was I, I had this this image, this this kind of picture of God that was very, very legalistic and very rules-based. So I was as good as I could follow the the rules and the requirements, even if I didn't want to follow the rules and requirements. Mm-hmm. So my lack of ability to live up to that standard questioned or, or put the question in my, in my head of like, why couldn't I do it? I, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough or like, what was, what was wrong with me to prevent me from achieving that thing that I know I'm supposed to achieve and not wanting to achieve it, mm-hmm. but still doing it, going to church, sitting in the pew, not doing things that i wanted to do certain days of the week
1: mm-hmm.
0: things like that right.
1: so it was as your relationship with god was as good as your behavior yeah,
0: right. yeah I, I outside of that dynamic there wasn't much of a relationship
1: yeah it was just somebody you knew about that didn't that you didn't know
0: right yeah, but that's a good way to put it. I knew about, but I didn't really know.
1: Okay, and this is kind of cool because we've talked about your story a little bit, but I don't know what happens. Like, you go to the Navy at 18, 19?
0: Eight, 18 right at right out of high school.
1: Okay, so what 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 happened, man? Tell me uh, as much or as little as you want.
0: Okay, no, sounds sounds good. So, really, to do that, I need to. I think I need to back up just a little Tell bit. Me, yeah, do it. Yeah, kind of give you some background about how i how i became the the person i was at 18 sure. so um so yeah ba- basically i uh you know i i came from a a broken home huh. um you know the, the first eight years or so of my of my life I had lots of lots of negative experiences some i mean positive experiences also but but it was it was ravaged by uh by things like like drug addiction and, and violence and abuse. And, and then ultimately, you know, like abandonment, mm. um, like I have, I have memories. Some of my, my first memories are, are things that, uh, they like, no, no child should ever really have to experience. Um, you know, I remember, I remember things like my mom, you know, sacrificing herself to, to try to protect me. Right. And so like that was the that was the picture of of love that I of love that I had um, that I saw um, when I was when I was eight. We were able to kind of escape that that situation. Um, and and my mom worked really hard to try and maintain the relationship between my my dad and I. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but despite all of her, all of her efforts, um, my basically addiction took over my, my dad's life. And, and ultimately he, uh, he ended up choosing, uh, like drugs and alcohol over, over me. Mm. So, so that, that brings me to, uh, an eight year old, uh, (laughs) an eight year old little boy. Um, I was, I was very fortunate to have the, my grandparents in my life at the time, I ended up spending a lot of time over at over at their house and with them, and they, they were the they were probably the main influence for my my church exposure um, because I would I would go stay with them on the weekends and they would take me to church and stuff like that. So so I learned uh, as much as I did and the, the values that that I formed early on mm-hmm. that I still still carry today were were because of their their influence in my life.
1: Hmm. Praise the Lord. But, uh, grandparents man.
0: Yeah, right? Um but yeah, I mean, so so later on, you know, a couple years later after that my mom met uh met a, a man named Dan and and he ended up becoming my stepdad. Mm-hmm. And he was a he was an awesome guy. Um very very loving in his in his actions, not very emotionally expressive. Mm-hmm. But he would always put us first and he would always, he would always take care of us. Um, he was a, he was a strict disciplinarian and, and he demanded uh, personal responsibility and accountability and, and like very high standards, um, which, which was really good for me because at that point I was, I was a wild, you know, nine, 10 year old <laughs> boy with a with a fast a fast brain and a even faster mouth
2: Mm. so
0: without without his influence in my life like who knows what absolute chaos um i would have i would have ended up in
1: you'd have been beaten up in
0: a couple bar fights (laughs) well you know i i i've been in i've been in a couple fights that my mouth has got me into Uh and and i've also gotten out of a lot of trouble (laughs) using, using my mouth too. So it's like, it's a dual edged sword. Right. right. And and I was not afraid to, to wield it with, with precision to achieve what I wanted, whether it was to try to get things from people or to instigate trouble or get myself out of trouble. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a characteristic that I, that I think I had. Um, but yeah, so, so Dan was, it was an awesome guy. and unfortunately, you know, he he passed away from cancer, you know, a few years ago. Mm. And that was a that was a rough time in in the, the for the family as well. For sure. But but anyway, back to back to young Justin. So I was in uh so I was in eighth grade <laughs> for Adventist Academy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then after that point, it was a small, it was like maybe a hundred people. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I transferred to a public high school. That had three thousand six hundred people Mercy. for my freshman and sophomore years. and I knew no one in the entire school so so for me, that was a a massive shift, a disruption in my entire social world. and so so I kind of I kind of struggled struggled making friends and figuring out like who to fit in with and then and then two years later, we so we actually moved again. And except this time we moved to a completely different state. So moved from Florida up to, uh, up to West Virginia. Hmm. And again, started a brand new school for my, my junior and senior years of high school had the, had the same situation with trying to find, get my social footing, figure out, um, figure out my friend groups and, and things like that. Um, you know, it, it was really easy for me to kind of follow fall into like the the, the rougher crowd, you know, yeah. the the kids that, that partied every weekend that that drank that did drugs, you know, and I mean, and even, even though I ended up hanging, spending a lot of time with them and doing doing lots of like, I, I think crazy things <laughs> that, that really could I mean, could have landed me in jail, it could have had serious impacts on my future. You know, I, I, I praise, I praise God. You talk about, you know, his leading and guy leading in my life, um, you know, keeping me out of jail, keeping me out of serious trouble. I have a clean record. And even despite all the peer pressure, um, because of the, some of the negative things that I'd experienced earlier in my life, like with my, my dad and the alcoholism and drugs and things like that, you know, I never actually, I never actually drank myself. Mm or, or did any drugs, even though I was surrounded by it. It was so it was so strange to me looking back. But that was something that I, that was a decision that I made that I, that I stood by. And I was not going to waver from that decision because of the experience in my life. So when, when so. you saw
1: your buddies doing it, would you judge them or were you just like, no, nah, that's you. I can't, like, I literally cannot do this because of, I know too much or I've seen too much.
0: So I was, I was there for fun. Mm. So like, I, I didn't, not only, not only did I not judge them, but I was, I, in in high school, I had, I had a, a goatee, I had like facial hair, you know, I looked older. mm mm-hmm. And so like, I was the guy that could go buy alcohol, Mm. right? Like I was the guy that could go like facilitate some of these things. Mm. Um, So I was just, I was just one of the, i was just one of the crew. Mm. I just happened to not drink or smoke, but I I had fun. I acted wild. I, it was like, it was like a contact. I got a contact buzz when they would start drinking. Right. And, uh, and, I got along and just, we just, we just had fun and they accepted me that that was the thing is like, they accepted Hmm. me even though I was, I was different. Like I stood by it and, and they actually respected that. They still tried to get me to to drink and to do Hmm. things, but, but that was something that I was not willing to, to, to yield on.
1: When you feel like you belong, you'll almost run through a brick wall for somebody on some stupid stuff just because you belong.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. All
1: right. Well, keep going. You're, uh, yeah, you're in West Virginia living it up.
0: Yeah. Well, so, so before I got to West Virginia, one little thing, another kind of interesting dynamic of this, uh, of my upbringing is when I was 15 years old, when well, my mom got pregnant and I had a, a brother. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, so I'm 15 in high school, they—I I remember, like I remember the the scene, the imagery exactly. They they come walking into the kitchen and like they're they're happy, smiling or whatever. I'm like, whatever, and and they ask, you know, would would you like to have a brother? And I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? And then they drop it on me. Mercy. And so so my my life drastically changed at that point mm. because. Because both of my parents worked uh, different shifts, so so I became the instant live-in babysitter. Oh no! You know, four four nights a week. So yeah, we didn't we didn't have a lot of money. Both of my parents were very hardworking. Um, they did the best they could. They made the the financial decisions they thought were responsible. Um, but but we didn't have a lot of extra. I never I never wanted any for anything. I I, I was never neglected uh I was plenty of food and and toys and stuff but but there was definitely no money to no money to waste right. so uh getting a, another hiring a separate babysitter was 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 out of the question right. um so so basically 4 days a week I would go to school come home I would I would get the boy that's what I called him the boy <laughs> and and from the from the age of like 3 months to to 3 years old when I actually left for the Navy, which psychologically was probably part of the reason why I was like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go travel, see the world. Um, but yeah, I was, I was taking care of him. I was doing everything that you would have to do with a, to like, to raise a child what? from baths to diapers, to feedings, to naps, to playing, to everything. And then, then I do my homework and, and other stuff when I kind of around that, that schedule. So. Yeah, so I had a lot of, uh, a lot of experience and a lot of responsibility at a very early age. And, and then I, I was willing to make a commitment and really stick to it. So, so those, those kind of, you know, those things kind of, uh, formed some of the, like the stubbornness and and the strong willed mentality and, and the sense of responsibility that I had. Even though, even though it's strange. I it was almost like I lived a couple lives. I had this side where I was extremely responsible taking care of this other human life
2: mm-hmm.
0: 4 days a week. But then on the weekend, mm-hmm. like when I when I could go out with my friends, I took ridiculous risks and I and I did things that that I would be like in jail for, like like misdemeanors, mm-hmm. felonies, like ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. And so it was almost, I don't know if that was, it was my way of acting out Mm -hmm. or trying to find that balance Mm -hmm. between the, the extreme responsibility and then just the other other wild side. But, but yeah, so I had that, that kind of, that kind of strange balance. Um, and that, and that basically sums up my, my high school kind of experience and, the, when I was when I was in my last year of of high school that I think that was that was my first major act of, of independence mm-hmm. on my own was when I joined the Navy. so
1: so freedom in the Navy, huh? what was that like?
0: well, so it was my my first kind of major act of, of independence, like I said, oh. was I wouldn't join the Navy without my parents' consent oh mercy they They knew I was going. To talk to the recruiter, and they say, "Hey, go and go and gather some information. You know, find out what they have to tell you. Come back. Let's talk about it." And I was like, "Okay, sounds good." So I go. I hear what they have to say. I, I evaluate it, and I sign some papers, yes. and I join. So then I come back home, and I have to tell them, "Oh yeah, by the way, yeah, you know, I kind of kind of joined the navy." Mercy. But but yeah, that was that was like the the first big step toward me making my own decisions and trusting my own judgment over. What was the reaction? <laughs> uh, I think my mom was terrified at first. Um, and my, my dad, my, my stepdad, but I call him dad. Um, he, he was, he was not happy at first, but later on he told me that he actually wasn't surprised hmm. that I did that. So he saw that kind of independent, self-reliant uh person in me before I realized I think how how strong it was
1: This is after the Iraq war, before the Afghanistan, war. this is like 1995, 1994 what what, what am I
0: off? Yeah, yeah, you're off. How old do you think I am? I think you're don't wait't don't, don't ask don't answer that question No,
1: this is 1998. 2000. Okay. Because I thought you were two years older than me, but then I'm, and I'm 02. Okay. I'm sorry, man. You're not. <laughs> okay. You're yeah. 2000. Oh, you're, it's about to hit the fan then. And you did
0: not know this. Oh, yeah. Had, had no idea. I, you know, but, uh, but yeah. So I, I had no idea. So, I mean, look, side story. I guess I was, I was actually in upstate New York. I was in Albany oh. when, when the towers were hit.
1: What were you doing there? Was there a a, a base or something there, there?
0: There was just north of Albany. There's a, there's a nuclear power training facility. They have a couple power plants up there that they operate just to train all the students. And I was up there learning how to learning how to not kill everybody with a, with a nuclear power plant.
1: So when that happens, since we're on that, were you just like, Oh, I'm gonna be. Is it deployed in the navy? Is the same as the army, or, or I'm going on a battleship? Like, what did you think?
0: Kind of. Uh, yeah, it's like I had a, I had a, a career path, like a progression that that I was mm-hmm. on. So, so I didn't think they were gonna just like take me and send me to the the desert all of a sudden. <laughs> but, but the idea of being forward deployed was was real and and it was actually what I wanted. I one of the things I, I liked about the idea of the Navy was traveling and seeing the world. Mm. So so I was all about it. I wanted to I wanted to go overseas. I wanted to do all those things that I saw in the recruitment video. You know?
2: Mm.
0: Like I wasn't I wasn't trying to just to sit around and and not do anything. So so I finished my training mm. there and I I put in my my application for for my duty assignments and so they they picked the one that the that the navy needed and not necessarily the one i wanted and and i ended up in virginia
1: what was in virginia
0: an aircraft carrier so what was your job
1: on the aircraft carrier
0: i was i was trained as a as a a nuclear technician as well as an electrician so so Basically worked in a massive, ridiculous engine room, and I was responsible for all the electrical components and the electrical distribution system for the entire ship.
1: So, how long did you do that? How long were you down in Virginia then?
0: Well, I, so yeah, I was down there. Um, I was in Virginia for four years. Ended up, ended up meeting a, meeting a woman and, and and getting married and all sorts of stuff. That's a whole nother line of yeah. of questions I'm sure you'll have. <laughs> How did you meet this lady? Just. At church. Happened? At church. I was, I was still, so at that point in my life, Um. I wasn't really, I wasn't, I didn't really have a relationship. Like I said, I, I didn't really have a relationship with God. I didn't really understand the character of God. Hmm but i knew i was kind of supposed to go to church and i and i mean i knew i kind of wanted to meet a woman
2: mm-hmm.
0: so so that was the that that was honestly one of the main reasons i went i went to church in different places was because i wanted to meet a another you know adventist woman mm. um so so i did that went to you know a few different churches ended up ended up, I was up in, I was up in Chicago for some training, uh, ended up going to a church, you know, longer story, but ended up meeting this, this woman. And we started, a we started kind of a long distance relationship and, you know, one thing, one thing led to another and then ended up, uh, ended up getting married.
1: When you got married, like the day you got married, were you just like, this was a great decision. This is it. Were you like, supremely confident in your decision and in yourself and, and in the union or how are you feeling about it?
0: Um there there there's definitely some some question. I I was not supremely confident. that mm. yeah I would not say that at all. Um some some of the people in my life tried to give me some some counsel yeah and some some warning, perhaps warning perhaps warning is the right word. Yeah. Uh to to consider this, this decision and, and perhaps not uh, do what I was doing. Um, I kind of felt, I kind of felt like at the, at that point I was, I was into it. I was committed.
1: So like when they would say those things, would you pay attention and judge them out? Or you were so kind of, you believed a certain thing. So it was tough to see what they were saying.
0: Yeah, no, we, we, I, I believed I believed a certain thing it was it was tough for me to to kind of see what what they were saying and then and then my my uh, my judgment was clouded by by other things right like this this lady this lady liked me hmm. right I mean, loved me right this lady loved me and and I had never had another I mean she was my first serious relationship I, I dated in high school. And, and a little bit after high school, but, but she was, she was really my first serious long-term relationship. And, you know, and when you, I, I wanted to, I wanted to be loved and I wanted to to be accepted like that. I, I wanted, I really wanted to, to have a relationship and be in a relationship. And I mean, I was like 20, 21, 20 or 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh the the physical aspects of the relationship definitely clouded my yeah. clouded my decision as well, you know? Cause I was like that was pretty awesome. I was like, cool.
1: Yeah. How long until you were like the honeymoon
0: was over. So neither of us had a real relationship with God. Mm. And even though we met at church. And I think we both thought we were doing the right thing
2: mm-hmm.
0: by being at the right place and the right day and not doing certain things and, and trying our best to to live up to this, the, these rules that neither of us had any, neither of us had a real relationship with God. And so, so that, that the relationship started off on the wrong foot, but so leading, leading into the, leading into the marriage, there was a, so it was a long distance relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we weren't around each other um constantly on a regular basis. We we were able to spend a decent amount of time, like a, enough time, but it was just for chunks of time and then gone and then chunks of time right. together. And so that that kind of changed some of the dynamic of the of the of the relationship. She was uh she was a she was a very strong-willed woman and and she had uh, a little bit of a of a temper. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was a lot of stress and things going on in the relationship,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and we we justified the some of the the rough times that we had because of the distance, sure, and because of the the stress and the things going on. And so we we almost got into this cycle that that now looking back I can see it. The cycle of me trying to make her happy.
2: Mm.
0: And so like she would be stressed about whatever situation and and say well you know every everything will be better when uh when we're living in the same place mm-hmm. or when, when we're engaged right so then so then we get engaged and then still having kind of some some problems still the stress the anxieties the, the anger some of that some of that stuff mm-hmm. and then well she'll say well we we'll, we'll, we'll be every it's just stress now because we're engaged everything will be better once we get married so, so then we go and get married and then it's like, Oh, it's, you know, still the, still the same thing, She says, Oh, everything, everything will be better. You know, when we, when we have a place and we get settled because there's still just a lot of stuff up in the air, still a lot of stress. So we do that. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. And and I'm never able to give her this, this happiness that, that, that I want to give her
2: mm-hmm.
0: because the every time the the bar is moved.
1: Yeah, the goalposts are moving. So,
0: yeah. So I find out through this process that that it's not actually the, the the situation. It's it's something like deeper and and bigger.
2: Right.
0: Um and so so by this time we're we're married and living living a life that is uh I mean honestly kind of less less than ideal.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but, but that's okay. You know, the, the first, the first year of, of a marriage is tough because you're getting to know each other and you're figuring out living together and all that stuff. Right. Right. That's yeah. You hear some you hear stuff like that. So yeah. but okay. You know, yeah, just the first year is just, just tough. Like it'll, it'll get better. It's that constant reminder to, of, to myself that, Oh yeah, this is just, this is just the, a rough time. It will get better. This is just a rough time. It will get better. And then it, it never, it really never gets, uh, it really never gets better. <laughs> so I don't, I hope that answered your question is probably more words than you were expecting.
1: No, no, that did. Uh, so how did you, how did that make you feel about yourself?
0: Well, I mean, I, it was a serious hit to my ego. Yeah. I, like I took it personally. I could not I, I took responsibility for for making her happy, for giving her this this peace. Cause like that that's isn't that what I'm supposed to do? I'm like I'm her husband. Mm-hmm. And so my inability to do that getting thrown in my in my face was was really tough. Mm-hmm. That was, it was really tough on my self-esteem. And and especially um as these as we progressed, I think the the some of the anger issues got got a little more intense because she was upset that I could not give her what she thought I should be able to give her.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is a, the same thing I thought I should be able to give her.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But at the at the end of the day, um looking back, I see that God was the only thing that could give her what she was looking for. And she wasn't going to get that influence from me because I didn't have a relationship with god i didn't I didn't really know who God was hmm. so, we, so we were both trying to play this game of meeting each other's needs and and achieving something basically on our own, hmm. even though we thought we were doing it the right way and going to church and trying to trying to use God in our life but at the end of the day, neither of us were willing to accept the responsibility for for ourselves. I th- I think I I can't speak for her, but I feel like we both kind of blamed the other person hmm. for not being able to give us what we needed because that's what we thought. That's we thought the other person. Now we're married, so the the, the spouse is supposed to give us what we need.
1: Man, that is a lie that is just infiltrated marriage that your happiness is your spouse's responsibility. Yeah. And no one would ever even, well, maybe some people would, but I don't know a lot of people that would say that out loud and be like, yeah, Craig is responsible or Emily is responsible for my, uh, my happiness. But we sure act like that, and we sure believe that by our actions and and everything else,
0: yeah, no absolutely like that was that was the life that uh that I was living and so so that progressed on for a few years in this this kind of state of my minor turmoil um and then and then everything just blew up
2: hmm.
0: um her uh her father died unexpectedly mm. very rapidly unexpectedly and that sent like a shock wave through their family um and and that changed the person that that I knew that 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 I had married um she 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 developed i mean she she said it you know she she hated god she was mm. so angry that God had taken away her father, that, that God was doing this to her. Um, and so it was like, it was like pouring just gasoline on a fire. So, so her anger just multiplied and, uh, and, and she, I mean, she lashed out in lots of different ways. Um, there was all sorts of, all sorts of issues, uh, in the relationship from that and just to be clear, like I'm not saying that I didn't participate i'm I'm taking full responsibility for for sure you know being a partner in in this, so, so please don't think that I'm no
1: absolutely. projecting
0: any of this on her, but I didn't know how to handle it right so the the angrier and the louder she got, the more she would yell the the more I would just close off
2: mm.
0: because that was my defense right when when bad things were happening in the living room, like I hid in my as a child, like I hid in my bedroom,
2: right,
0: right. Like I just I wanted to be away from that, and so that was the that was my reaction. So that that's what I did, and the the, the more I shut down and shut off, the louder she would get, and the more angry she would get. So it was this vicious cycle
2: mm-hmm.
0: that uh, that that we ended up in, and and eventually I would you know explode as well, and I would. I would match her, you know, anger for anger and mm-hmm. word for word, but uh, but yeah. So it, it was that that cycle of, for me, it was a cycle of um, the like the, the the verbal abuse, you know, like public humiliation, um, like being being berated and in, in front of like my friends or or family or something like that, and it just it just like crushed my identity as a man the thing i thought i was supposed to be like respected or uh or or loved or looked up to or or anything it was just my that idea for me was just was just crushed and and that was that was very very tough for for me to deal with because i had placed so much of my own worth and my own identity in this relationship.
2: Hmm. Wow. I
0: mean, yeah, I mean, I, I could, I could tell lots of stories. Like one story I remember is being like, I, we were in our house and, and, and she was, she was yelling and screaming very loudly. And I, I walked by the front door and the, the windows are shut. The door is shut. But like, so I walked by the door, walked by the window And I actually see somebody standing on the sidewalk, like looking in the house, because they hear her yelling at me Hmm. from the sidewalk. And so like I make eye contact with this person that's on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And the person like, oh, and like looks away and then like keeps Mm -hmm. walking when they see me.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's just like that just like crushed me. It was so humiliating to me as a like as a man to have To be treated like this. And so. So I got. uh, I mean. I got angry. Mm -hmm. Um, I went through this whole. Emotional roller coaster. Because I didn't know how to deal with it.
2: Right.
0: I, I had no. I had no. No real. Confidant. That I felt I could go talk to. Like I couldn't. I couldn't just expose myself with all of this, this weakness to someone else, because that's not how, that's not how I operated. When, when something happened, I, I sucked it up. I buried it. I took care of what needed to be done. And then, and I don't, and I didn't show any weakness. I didn't show any, any emotion or weakness on the outside that anybody else could use against me.
1: And you just have learned this through life. Um, just all your circumstances have taught you what it is to be a man, quote unquote. And when it comes to like that definition and you're not respected, uh, then there's not just resentment for the other person, but self-loathing and just losing respect for yourself and for the other person and just resentment, right?
0: Oh, um. Tons, tons of resentment, but, but you know, you know what was stronger than my resentment? What's that? My willingness to not fail. My, my determination to not fail. Why is my that? My willingness to, to keep at it and not you not a
1: failure? Because you weren't, because you're not a failure. Is that, is that the yeah, yeah,
0: di- Divorce equals failure. Hmm. And, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to fail. And I mean at the at 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 that time in the relationship, you know, she she was actually she was actually considering divorce.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um and so we we sought counseling multiple times with different people, different people from either the, the church or the secular world, couples, singular counseling. Um and and nothing nothing really helped right it was like putting a putting a bandaid on like a gaping flesh wound yeah, like right. oh that's cool like you got a bandaid but it's not really going to solve anything so so i ended up going through this this cycle of of negative negative self-worth and i i ended up really depressed for a couple years this is this was actually when i was living back in florida so i was in, in florida stationed in florida with with her we we were both there and uh at that time in my life i was i was trying to escape from this reality mm-hmm. right I was trying to withdraw and and i was i was self medicating with with uh with pornography and i was trying to escape from reality
2: mm-hmm. through
0: through video games
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and I didn't know I was in a depression I was just trying to soothe myself i was trying to trying to have some sort of some sort of value or, or affirmation in my life when when it didn't exist from the the one person that I put all of that responsibility on and okay. and I'm sure that contributed to the to the problems because I was not engaging with her which made her even worse which made her even more angry right and made her made her feel even worse so it's like we were both fueling the worst in each other and so
1: you living at so, each other's yeah. expense
0: yeah so we had uh you know a year or so a couple years maybe of depression it ended up with i ended up having like problems in my career it had to kind of change change fields um there was there was a an infidelity issue i don't i don't know the the details uh she she told me that it was only um like emotional through like phone and text and and stuff like that. And it never got physical. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but I don't know. That's just, that's just what she told me at the time.
1: There's another thing that just took, took down your identity even more than. Crushed me.
0: Like absolutely crushed. Yeah. Like I didn't think I could get any lower. You know, I think. Did you have a
1: plan or did you like, maybe you don't think about it this way. It seems like you are, and maybe I'm wrong, but you're, you have a goal and you're headed towards something. Did you have a goal that you were headed towards, like a reconciled marriage or like that we can just get along? Or um, what was your plan? What was the goal?
0: Well, my original plan was just a great marriage. And then the, that plan slowly deteriorated, and, and I was losing control. Right? I I I didn't have the ability to control this this plan, to control my life, to keep things on track. And and I didn't know what I didn't know how to do it. That was the problem because I didn't have control and I didn't know how to control it. And so that was I think that was a key factor in in the depression Hmm. as well is this this loss of control and inability to make this make things go how I think they should go. And and yeah, so we we eventually uh this I mean this this kind of continued. I eventually got to a breaking point and um and I filed for I filed for divorce. I accepted my my failure. And and the, the way I justify that in my mind is that I had two choices Like this wasn't going to change. I can either stay in this relationship for the rest of my life and just hate my life. I mean, praise God. I was never, I never had any sort of serious like suicidal or self-harm thoughts. Um, But, but I was either going to accept this situation for the rest of my life, or I was going to end it now and just suck up the failure and, and try to, try to, to recover my life. And, and so that was the decision I made. So I, I filed for divorce. And when I, when I actually did that, that, that changed the dynamic
2: mm.
0: a little bit because I finally got to my breaking point, And then that was a point that led her back to the church. Hmm. So I I can't speak for her relationship with God or how any of that worked, but, but, but she, she went on the attack with, with after that. Um, and it was everything from, from family and friends, uh, to work like my, my work, Hmm. um, spreading making accusations of like me having affairs and uh like neglecting her and and all sorts of things that really it really unfortunately it damaged a lot of relationships that i had with other people because they believed what what she said it was was very divisive Hmm. and and uh and so yeah it, it It caused issues at work. Um, I was, I got investigated uh, through the Navy because they don't, they don't appreciate uh, infidelity.
2: Hmm. And
0: so, so even, even though they were all just completely, completely made up and nothing ever, nothing ever came of the investigations because there was, there was nothing ever happened. Right. Um, it's still, it, it kind of cast a, it cast a shadow on my, my character and the way that my, my superiors and, and some of my, my peers looked at me.
1: So it seems like, I don't know, I'm hearing it and I'm like, that would make somebody pretty angry. <laughs> Is that what happened?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. You, you hit the nail on the head. Sherlock Holmes over here. You are. And I didn't even, I didn't even tell you the worst thing. Huh, you 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 think that's bad, so I was angry just for that. I was furious uh-huh. but but she knew she knew where my priority in life was, and that was money
2: oh, no. that was
0: that was personal finance. I wanted to be financially free by the time I was forty, like uh-huh. that was my goal, and I was dedicated to achieving it uh-huh. so she knew exactly what was important for me and i mean she even told me. She said, she told me why she went after the, the, the properties, the assets, the money, Mm -hmm. because she knew it would hurt me and she wanted to hurt me. Yeah. Like I, I can, I can still, I still see that. I can still picture her that we were sitting down having that conversation when she, she tells me this is when we're going through the divorce process that She's she's going after the the money because she wants to hurt me because I've hurt her, and so, yeah. To, so to say to say I was angry is kind of an understatement. I don't want to I don't want to oversell it, but but yeah, I.
1: She was uh, in your mind like public enemy number, like
0: seething just to think about her. Yes. <laughs> yep yeah, and and I and I carried that with me. That became it. Be, that became consuming
1: mm-hmm.
0: to me, and that became a motive for for some of my actions after that point.
1: So you were just okay. So yeah, what that happens, um, and you're just motivated by anger, and they say behind all anger is fear. Uh, that's what they say. I don't know who they are. Yeah, nice. uh, But there's a building in Seattle and it's just called Bay and that's where they are. And they say these things. So is that true? Was there a fear of like the fear of maybe she was right on all the terrible things that she said? Is it a fear that like you were completely out of control? There was no way you were ever going to get control of your life, personal finances, career trajectory. Like, was, are they correct? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, in in this case, I think they do have a, a little bit of credibility. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I actually went through that thought process mm. to re- relate my fear with, or my, my anger with fear. But, but, but yeah, I mean, it brought into question everything that I thought I could control. Hmm. And then I no longer had control and I didn't know what the future held. So, so there was definitely some, I would say some, some fear behind, behind that.
1: If you have questions about a lot of the theological concepts that we talk about in these podcasts, what I would like you to do is go to check out lovereality.org, because we have interactive studies there that answer almost all the, the questions that we get asked the most. So we can talk to you, but check out the interactive studies first to see if uh, what you're wondering about has been answered there first. It's at lovereality.org. So what was the next move, man? Your life was going this way, plan A. Now, I don't know what plan number you're on, but what
0: was the new plan? Um, well, so, so at that point, I, I was in up in the Seattle area when, when all of that happened. So, so yeah, I, I was very fortunate to, to get introduced to somebody while I was in Seattle who, who kind of knew that I was going through some rough times. And he was a, he was a mountain biker and I had just started getting into mountain biking. And so a, a person that knew of my situation and knew my, my wife at the time, uh, connected me with this, with this guy, his name is, his name's Calvin. And, uh, and so he was just, he was just a, a fun guy. Um, he liked to have have fun, go on adventures. And he was all into mountain biking. And so he invited me to to come with him and hang out. Um, so, so that was, that was the premise. I I didn't have any, any friends, any serious friends up there. So I was happy to have somebody to to hang out with. And so ended up, ended up growing, uh, growing close and he became a good friend, somebody I could, I could talk to and kind of kind of share kind of vent to, but he would, he would always hear what I had to say. And then share a biblical perspective because I knew, I mean, I knew he was in the church and he offered for, he offered, you know, Bible studies or to, to, you know, to pray and like different things. But, but like I wanted at that point in my life, I wanted nothing to do with God. Hmm. I had zero desire for a Bible study. I, I, the last thing I needed to do is go to another revelation seminar. (laughs) Right. So, like, I didn't right. want any of that, but what I did need in my life, what I did want in my life, was a friend. Sure, right? Somebody that I could connect with, somebody that I could just hang out with, and and not have any, not no pressure, no no Bible pressure, no religious pressure, just a, a good guy that the, that we can spend some time with. So, so anyway, we we became friends. We doing a bunch of mountain biking. He he taught me how to, you know, fly through the air on on massive dirt jumps, and I was with him when I fractured my ribs and my collarbone, and oh mercy messed up my knee, you know it's all it's all because of all because of calvin. I say yeah. that with so much love yeah um but uh but yeah no had a had a great time, so he was using this this time to just just connect with me it right. was it was it was disinterested right he wasn't he wasn't trying to convert me or he wasn't trying to to do anything else just he just cared about me as a person and and was was trying to be there for me and and so so that was very meaningful at that time in my life um he uh he ended up forming this uh him and him and another guy he's one of the one of the founders for an organization called f5 challenge
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's a it's a faith-based like activity and, and fitness group. Um, and so he invited me to to participate in that, and, and I was I was kind of hesitant about that because because after my divorce, i had, I had moved down to California, and I, I basically spent my time searching for my own healing mm. and 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 my own happiness, right, right, and I trying to find temporary relief from the from the pain. And, and fill the 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 gap that, that find what I was missing because I, I knew I was missing something,
2: hmm.
0: but I thought I could find it and and fill it myself and so so i was gonna I was gonna fix myself and and get my life back on track um and and that that anger as motivation definitely led to some some positive outcomes. Mm -hmm. In my life, as far as like achieving goals, you know, I, I wanted to be physically fit. And so the anger was motivation
2: Mm -hmm.
0: to work out, to lift, you know, and if I didn't, if I, if I came home from work, I didn't feel like running like, nope, I'm going to run. It was, it was fuel to me. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It was, it was also fuel to kind of try to make up for and regain the, the financial, aspects that, that I had, that I had lost.
2: Hmm.
0: So it was almost like it was my, my, I lived for a couple of years just to succeed myself to spite her. Hmm. So, so that was the, that was the mentality. And you could look at that time in my life and say, wow, you were so dedicated and motivated and you accomplished these things. Amazing, amazing things I accomplished in that you know two years, three years of time, but the the motivation behind that was eating me up inside. Mercy, it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a good on the on the outside it was good it was it was accomplishing things, but 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 um yeah looking back on the inside it was just it was just eating me up and so what I did to try to fix the inside was again medicating with with all sorts of all sorts of things, right? Uh getting into uh very reckless situations with with uh with with other other women and and trying to be in relationships to to fill that that void to, to make my inside feel feel better, feel normal again. But but during this whole time Calvin was continuing to invite me
2: Mm -hmm.
0: to to these this event, this group, and and I eventually accepted the invitation and came up and and met with some people and 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 it was
1: before you go into that. Yeah. In my mind, it's like you're trying to get back to even. Uh you're at a loss, you were at the casino, your first hour, you brought five hundred dollars and now you're down you're down and you have a hundred dollars left and you're just trying to get to even whether it's with getting some of the actual finances back or relationship wise. Uh, And in this whole motivation, the closer you got to even or the closer you like, did it work? Did you start feeling better? Did you, uh, because it's all motivated by this lack that you're living in. Um, Did the relationships, Did it add or did it just kind of
0: take away? Well, the the short term, I think it, it added, right. Like it was, it was nice to, to be with someone. Mm -hmm. It was nice to, to have successes in my, my fitness or successes in, you know, finance. But but at, at the end of the day, that was, that, that wasn't, it wasn't enough.
2: Hmm.
0: It didn't meet the, the deep need that I, that I had. So, so it, it was, it was a roller coaster of, of a, of a success. And so happiness and like things are awesome. And then, and then, you know, the, then the next week, all right, but, but I'm, I'm still alone now, or, or there's, there's still something that, that I'm missing. So maybe, maybe it's not this woman. Maybe it's it's just, I need a a different, a different woman. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that led to all sorts of, all sorts of, of trouble Mm. and, and still not being able to, to fill that, to fill that hole. But, but I didn't really know what else what else to do right right
1: so, so Calvin invites you and you finally get up there and you're gonna do it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah so so like that was that was exhausting. but my my one reprieve from this was this 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 group of people that Calvin introduced me to. they were mm-hmm. they were active, they were fun, um, they were they were Christian, which which I didn't really care about. But I didn't judge them for it. But yeah. I, I was very disinterested. Right. But being able to to interact with them, and and spend time, seeing how they how they actually operated, how they how they actually cared for each other,
2: hmm.
0: how they how they just yes, just seeing the the interaction and the example, it it opened the door in my mind ever so slightly to the fact, well, like maybe, maybe there is something to this, to this whole God thing,
2: Hmm. like
0: because they're all, they're all, they all have some relationship with God. You know, they're all doing church things. Cause I remembered, you know, church things, the (laughs) rules and all that stuff they're, they're doing, they're following the rules and they're, they're doing these things and they sing and they worship and, and stuff. So, so maybe that's something that I should, that I should reevaluate. Right. So, so I went to, I went to church a couple times in the, in the area and really had a hard time, had a hard time being there. I didn't really want to be there. So I, I had a hard time connecting with the people in my local church. Um, I liked the F5 group. I like doing fun stuff, but, uh, but really had a hard time in a church environment because it was, it brought me back to that whole, well, I'm going to church, even though I don't want to maybe I should start trying to not do the things that I do on certain days or certain times, because I know that I'm not supposed to do that. But it was, it was all that idea of me working or me performing to like, to be okay.
2: Right.
0: And so that, that did that, that, that brought me no life.
2: Hmm.
0: And so I, so I didn't really like it. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I, basically just stopped going completely.
2: Hmm.
0: But, but yeah, so, so Calvin and the the whole, the F5 group, you know, they, they kind of, they started to show me that maybe, maybe there's a thing yeah. with, uh, maybe there, maybe there's something to this, you know, relationship with God. And, and I didn't really know how to go about this, but, but my mind was starting to, to be open to, to that, that possibility. And then, and then things, uh, it, it's funny, like looking, looking back,
2: mm-hmm. I can,
0: I can tell kind of where my, where my mind is starting to open up to that.
2: Hmm. It was
0: after, after a couple events where I, it just really, I was just really impressed. I was like, wow, maybe there's, maybe there is something to this. It was just the good, it was good being around a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, just great people. And, uh, and so I started thinking like that. And, and then, like I said, life, life got a little bit crazy. My, my stepdad, uh, you know, suddenly got diagnosed with, with cancer out of the, out of the blue. And then, uh, within a, within a few months, his health deteriorated rapidly. And in, in a few months, he passed away. Mm. And that, uh, that, that was, that was shocking. To to say the least, and that that put, you know, that flipped my my mom, my family upside down, and that that put me in in another situation, where all right, I'm in a tough spot. What do I do? And so, so for me, that the only option that I had was, you know, be strong.
2: Mm.
0: You know, put on the strong face, be the rock for the family. Um. bury bury your emotions. Take care of what needs to be taken care of. Rely on yourself, mm. you know, and even though, like, even though I was emotionally just crushed on the inside and, you know, and I, and I, I didn't know how to deal with it. I had to, I had to perform. I had to take care of, uh, of the family and of the the situation and just everything that was going on. Um, so. <laughs> So, so going through this, it, it, again, it led me right back to relying on myself and getting into getting into more, you know, more relationships and and trying to, trying to help the pain. So yeah, just like, just to get rid of Mm -hmm. the, the pain in my life. Um, again, I was trying to, to, to medicate. Right. And I had, All these other issues that I was still dealing with, the, you know, the, the pride and the, you know, lust and anger and the, the, the selfishness and, and then the, the emptiness. And I I just, I kept searching, Mm
2: -hmm. but
0: I was reluctant to give up control, right? I still, I still could, could figure it out, even though this seemed insurmountable, I was still not willing to, to, to give it up.
1: We were talking yesterday and maybe, uh, maybe this song resonates with you. Uh, but we were talking yesterday about old blue eyes and the song, my way, uh, is this kind of what your idea was like, this is kind of what you thought was the goal. Like if we lived out, obviously you weren't listening to my way in the morning and being like, yeah, Frank, that's what I'm going to do. But is that kind of the idea?
0: That was that was absolutely the idea Um, because there was no other there was no better way. Hmm. My my way was like that that was the like that was the way I was I was smart. I was competent. I can make good decisions. So, yeah, so like my way was the only feasible way.
1: But uh, I don't want spoiler alert. There's no gospel in that song. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to tell you now. I mean, I hopefully this uh the story ends up good because if the anyway,
0: <laughs>
1: there's very yeah, little. There's some very little.
0: Yeah, yeah, basically none. Yeah, yeah, you know what? There's there's no gospel in in that that thought process that I had. Mercy, like it was it was all me. Mercy, and and so, um. Yeah. So, so I, I got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't make it happen on my own. Mm -hmm. And I was nearing the end of my time in California. And you know what the Navy does? They, they move people around from time to time. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I had the opportunity to move to Hawaii. And that for me was huge. I've been, I've been trying to move to Hawaii ever since I joined the Navy. Mm -hmm. So, so for you know the last 16 years i've been trying to get stationed overseas trying to travel let's go somewhere exotic let's see the world so yeah i mean i've been all over the country right great great country um east coast west coast central south north but but i wanted to get out so hawaii was the closest thing that i could get and i was very very excited about about my time in hawaii but at that point in my life it was it was such a low that I was almost i mean well i was i was at the end of what I thought I could do. I was out of options I was out of ideas I was not happy with the relationships that that I was in that that was supposed to bring me happiness and even though I had some some financial success and I had some some success with my with my, my fitness, then that, that's those external things didn't help me feel any better about myself.
2: Right.
0: And so, so I think, I think the, I think the Holy spirit was, uh, was, was working on me using, using Calvin and the influence of those, uh, of the, 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 the people that, that F5 community that I had Mm -hmm. to, to give God a shot. Right, just to give God a chance.
1: Give Him a chance. And,
0: and so in my mind, I was like, "All right, I'm moving to Hawaii. I don't know anybody there. This is a clean start. Right. This is this is my chance to reset. So you know what? God, my my prayer, my prayer was actually pretty. I think pretty simple. It was something along the lines of, you know, like I don't know exactly what to do. Like I don't know how this relationship thing works." I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, of the churches I've been to. I don't, I don't feel like that's the, that's the home. That's the, the place that, that it should be for me. But I said, God, I'm, I'm moving. I'm moving to Hawaii. I'm starting over. Like I'm going to go to church and I'm going to participate in, in the activities. I'm going to go to the gatherings. I'm going to, I'm going to make an effort to put myself in the place where I think I should be,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm going to give you the opportunity to put the people in my life that you want in my life. You're open. So, so God, if you're if you're there, if you want, I mean, I knew God was there, right? But like, if you really want a relationship with me, like if you want me to have these, these good people in my life, then, then here you go.
2: Hmm.
0: I'm excited. And and so that's what I did because I made a commitment. This is, this is what I will do. I will go to church. You do the rest.
1: You're a, you're Jocko Willink in that discipline is freedom. And so you're going to decide you're going to, you're going to have that freedom. And so, but what an awesome thing to be disciplined in, in being open to God, bringing people into your life.
0: Well, I knew that I wasn't doing a good job <laughs> with the people in my life. Right. Right. Because it, I mean, n- nothing against any of the, nothing against any of those people. Please, please hear my heart on that. Yeah, for sure. But, but my motives in the relationship were not what they what they should have been right right and and i know i know i i know i left wreckage like i know i hurt a lot of people
2: Hmm.
0: and and i'm not i'm not happy about that right but at that point in my life like i didn't know i didn't know what else to do i knew what i was doing wasn't getting me where i where i wanted to be and so I said, all right, God, I'm I'm moving to Hawaii. I'm not going to, I'm not going to build my social network. I'm going to let you build it.
2: Hmm.
0: And I'm going to show up. So if you if you want to if you want to have a relationship with me, then 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 here's your here's your chance. Like I don't know what else to do. And uh and yeah, so I had no idea like actually what what God had in store.
1: How, how, how did he start building your social network from, from the beginning there?
0: Um, well, so, so the first thing I did was, you know, find a church and start going to the church and, uh, and the the people were actually very friendly and, and welcoming. And it was, it was, it was, it was refreshing. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it didn't mean that all of a sudden I loved going to church but it meant that at church i was I was meeting people that I liked mm-hmm. if that makes sense
2: mm-hmm.
0: right and so so I would go to I would go to different churches and just just meet people because I mean who knows like I don't know I don't know who God is going to just you know introduce into my into my life mm-hmm but uh but i was willing to i was willing to go and from uh, from i mean almost every church that i that I went to i ended up you know meeting somebody that was that was interesting and you know kind and just i felt very i felt very welcomed and 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 basically i mean yeah long long story short with with that whole thing is that he ended up uh building a, you know, like an incredible kind of community is what I, is what I'll call it
2: mm-hmm.
0: on on the Island with, with people that, uh, that had all sorts of different backgrounds and, and life experiences. And, and, and I, I lived up to my end of the the bargain, so to speak, right? When, when somebody would invite me to something, I would say, yes,
1: hmm.
0: well- I was, I was, I was willing to go
1: let's uh, let's fast forward a little bit to this uh, this this meeting that i've i've heard about i've heard about yeah. these meetings how did you, you someone just invited you at random or what happened
0: yeah so kind of so kind of how that uh, how that came about is so i i, ever, I had a, an issue with control and so it was very difficult for me just to give up everything
2: Mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm.
0: But, but what I, what I was willing to do is give up a, a little thing. And then, and God, God showed up, right? In this, this one little thing that I, that I gave up. He gave me this, this incredible, like, community of, of people, of, of friends. And, and I felt like, in a short amount of time, I just felt, like, at home. Mm-hmm. And so, that, that, Build, that built my faith and helped me to to continue along this path that I call incremental surrender,
2: hmm.
0: where I was it gave me the, the the faith to give up some other little thing. Sure. So I would I would continue along that uh, that path and 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 each time that I truly surrendered something, like in my life, like I got an answer.
2: Hmm. You
0: know, and it's it was crazy to me because I felt like I felt like I was actually working with God I was actually communicating with God he wasn't like I felt like he was actually there right and it's and sometimes the sometimes the answer was was just like an overwhelming feeling right that that I got convicted of when when I was maybe when I was praying or or sometimes it was like a person that I met uh that had like a specific issue that, that I was praying about and, and that I could talk to, or sometimes I would get invited to like, to another church for a guest speaker. And he would be, the speaker would be directly addressing something that I was, I was praying about or something I was struggling with. Um, and so this, this, this happening over and over and over again, like continued to, to, to build my faith. And, and help me open up more and more and give more and more control of my life over to, over to God. Um, yeah. So there's, there's examples of that. The, you know, one is, uh, the physical, physical aspect of my life where I, I was trying to, I was trying to step up my, my physical performance and, I, I got introduced to a, a guy that kind of challenged me about my, my diet and and some personal health and ended up having a, you know, a drastic impact on, on that area of my life. And there was other areas that I was praying and willing to give up, um, with my, with my, you know, financial future, which was, which was huge for me. Um, and some, some major financial decisions in my life. And, and again, like God, God showed up in a way that connected me with, with people, business people and mentors and, and other people that just drastically expanded my, my network more than, more than I ever expected. Hmm. Um, and one of the things which you alluded to Mm -hmm. that, uh, that I did was I accepted an invitation to, uh, to a meeting that was going on on the other side of the island. And and even though I I distinctly remember this, the meeting was on a Friday, and and my my buddy Jr. invited me to it on like Thursday night. He said, "Hey man, tomorrow night there's this meeting, like you should come." And so I'm like, "Ugh, Friday night after a long work week, I don't want to drive to the other side of the island." So I was seriously having this conversation in my head, but then I I was reminded. Right, the the thought popped into my head. Call it call it what you want. Remember your commitment. And so I was like, "Yep, I am still living up to that commitment." I said I would accept invitations. I will go to places um, that that I'm invited. So yes, so I'll do it, even though I didn't really feel like it. And uh, what year is this? Uh, 2018. 2018, so, so three. It was it was actually, uh, I think it was November of 2018. So almost exactly three years ago now. So you go to um, a
1: meeting because you're you're gonna you're gonna do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've gone I've gone to other like gatherings and other things. I mean, I as far as I know, I thought it was like a Friday night vespers, right? Which which I had gone to in the past. So for, for it because of an invite mm-hmm. so so yeah i was willing to i was willing to to continue and and do that and and I went and sat down and uh met a met a met a man that was uh that was just speaking from the bible
2: mm-hmm. and
0: uh sharing sharing a gospel message
2: mm-hmm.
0: that I had heard the words before
2: mm-hmm.
0: but I had never had it explained the way it was. And the words that were there the whole time that I, that I had heard before Mm
2: -hmm.
0: had new and different meaning. And I mean, the, the only thing to say is it, it, it flipped my, my perspective. It flipped my life upside down right i it it helped to uh, to establish me in in my 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 identity which was which was huge for me because my identity was never rooted in anything above myself so so for me to have an identity as as a child of God Mm. that was true regardless of how I felt or what was going on, like blew my mind.
1: What was, so what was the the thing that you had heard before, but all of a sudden you're hearing it different?
0: Yeah, it was the, so it was the, it was the, the realization that that I was better than how I felt, right it was, it was a break in that that attachment hmm. because yeah. I, I was on like I was on this emotional roller coaster. I was I was good when things was, were good and and I was not good when things were not good.
1: And when he said like that's not the way like you're this, period. You're just like that's a different way to think about it.
0: When he read it, that's that's the thing. When he read it from the Bible, it's like hold on, that's like that's there. (laughs) And and I had the Bible, I had the little note card there, so I was like, I'm like writing this stuff down. I was like, I need to look into this. Like this is. Like I hear it, but, but like, I need to, I need to look into this more. And, and the the first night it was, it was, it was, it was in my head. It was, it was more intellectual. Like my mind was just blown. Like, is this, like, I can't believe this is here. Is this what this really means? And then, and then I remember later in the, in the week coming back and, and it actually like hitting so that like the deeper he got, the more the more he just went through went through the bible it it hit and it became so real it was it was overwhelming like i remember i remember sitting on the on one of the, the pews and i don't even i don't remember what night it was i don't even remember what he was talking about but he said he said something and then he read the, he read it from the bible and then he you know explained something and and i was just sitting there and i, and I just lost it hmm. like the, the weight of the weight of the weight that was lifted from me at, at that point was just it, the, the, the feeling was, was indescribable because I heard it and not only did I hear it, but I believed it, mm. you know, like I knew it was true at that point. I knew it was true right then. Mm. I couldn't, I couldn't explain everything. And there, I had lots and lots of questions, but at that point I accepted it and I knew it was true. And when I did that, it was like, it was, it was a, it was a light switch for me.
1: What was the thing
0: that you knew was true? The, the love of God, the character of God, this picture of God that, that I had in the past was wrong. Hmm. Right, like maybe it was maybe it was the the prodigal son, right? Yeah, the story, where you know, like prodigal, yeah, like wow, it's like he's he's talking about me, and then and then he he says, you know that uh, you know that he's still son, he's yeah. still son the whole time,
1: so you're like, I'm still son. <laughs>
0: I was the whole time. I didn't know it. I didn't think it. I didn't want to be it. But yeah. And then from there, I mean, just uh, the understanding what what sin actually is.
2: Hmm.
0: Right. Understanding the difference between the difference between me and what I was created for. And then the sin that I partake in or I, you know, my worth, realizing my, my actual, my actual worth, my, my purpose, like my purpose up to that point was for myself. Hmm. It was all about me and everything I did. Even if I put on a facade to make other people think that I was a, I was a nice person Mm -hmm. under it. It was still all about me.
1: It was so that they would think you were a nice person, so they would think something good about you, rather than just to be that person who you actually are.
0: Yeah, I, I wanted that. I, I needed, in my mind, I needed that affirmation because I didn't know, because I didn't know who I was. Like I didn't have my own worth embedded in my mind, solidified by truth. So I needed that from, from other people.
1: So by the end of this thing, the end of this week, did you get a chance to talk to Jonathan at all? Were you like, you say you knew that it was true, but you had questions and that was just like, yeah, I know this is true, but I want to know how it
0: works. Yeah. So that, that was something that was, that was awesome. Uh, you know. Jonathan definitely took time to, to answer questions and stuff like that. And, and during the, during the series, you know, he, he answered a lot of the, the questions I had and, and it was, it was, it was through the Bible. Like that, that's what, that's why it was so, that's what was so good about it to me. It wasn't somebody just, just talking because I've heard a lot of people talk. But like, the Bible was very clear. Like, I didn't, need a, I didn't need advanced education to understand what it was saying. And so the, the simplicity of the message and the power of that message was, that was just, it was just overwhelming to me.
1: Did you make any, after this first week, did you make any decisions or uh, did you start looking back at some of the other decisions that you had made and been like, oh, my motive in that thing was because I didn't believe this thing that's actually
0: true? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that happened over, over months and I mean, years, I mean, that, that still happens, right? Things will, things will come up and I'll, I'll look at things through a different perspective, whether it's a, a Bible verse or a song, uh, or, or a situation in my life where I see how I was acting and I see exactly what my, what my thought process was. And, and, and the being able to see that and recognize that has, has helped me a lot to, to try to, um, like to to make sense of this this new information that I have, right? So it's like, oh yeah, I understand why I acted like that. It was because of this
2: mm-hmm.
0: lie, mm-hmm. or because of this because of this selfishness or or whatever this was. But but yeah, so I mean like coming away from the from the week, I had I had a lot in my in my head and and I had a lot to look into, but it's like the just the idea. That, that because of Christ, you know, that, that I was now, well, I mean, I always was, but I didn't know it. I was free from shame, free from the, the condemnation, hmm. right. And, and the, the penalty of, of sin,
2: hmm. you know,
0: things like, uh, you know, I, I was redeemed, you know, I was, I was blessed with every spiritual blessing, like really, like now like I, I am, I will be blessed, right? Was was my mentality? But it's it's like no, I'm I'm blessed now through Christ. Like I am completely forgiven. Understanding the diff- for me, understanding the difference of of uh, repentance and and forgiveness, and and my standing in Christ now because because I am alive in Christ. Understanding that. That I am empowered that this was, this was huge for me. Like this was, this was one of the things that like, I knew it was real. I was empowered to forgive and to love other people because of how much I was loved and forgiven myself. And the way I knew it was real for me is because I was, I was actually able to forgive my ex-wife. Hmm. There's this woman that, that, that I hated for so many years, this woman that had done all these horrible things to me that that's what my mind was thinking.
2: Right.
0: And I could, I could look, I could think back and say, <laughs> I can forgive her because because she didn't she she didn't know who she was and and that was that was so powerful to me for me because that's nothing I would ever do on my own that's nothing that I, I could have done on my own
1: you were so forgiven that you couldn't hold it back anymore. You couldn't hold back forgiveness for somebody else.
0: Why? Well, I, I, it was, it was on my, it was on my brain. It was like, well, that doesn't, it, like, it doesn't make sense for me to be so loved and so forgiven and then not, and then hold this anger, hold this hatred. To her, right? It's the, the story of the, the the unforgiving servant, right? Like I'm it was absolutely hypocritical for me to to hate and to, to not forgive. And just the acceptance of that. It was that, like, that was powerful because I could never do that. I can never get rid of that anger and that hate on my own.
1: Had you tried to forgive before and said that, well, I'm trying to forgive. Or had that not even come up to you that
0: that was something that you would even consider? So, so it had. So during this process, um, I knew that, you know, my, my time in Hawaii, right? Like yeah. I knew that I should not be angry towards her like i i knew the like i understand the words like you should you should let go of the anger but that wasn't something that i could just do i couldn't just force myself to do it
1: and so then after understanding this or just getting this revelation of god's love for you and that you are forgiven it doesn't sound like this was difficult for you then to give it to someone
0: else I don't want I don't want to say it I don't want to say it was easy right but <laughs> but it it was <laughs> right like I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to choose my words carefully because words matter but it was not hard I was overwhelmed By this idea that, that I was so, so loved and so forgiven that, that I, 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 yeah, I, I let it go. It like, and that's why, that's why it was so powerful for me because that's not something I ever would have done. That's not something I could do on my own.
1: Man, that is so beautiful. Because like in my mind, (laughs) I'm asking you this question. And for me, the hard thing is not forgiveness. The hard thing is getting a revelation and understanding how much you're forgiven once for all time for everything past, present and future. And when we get that and understand that, then what's hard is being unforgiving. Because we don't have a grid for it anymore. It's not a part of who we are. It's like asking you, and you haven't talked about this. I'm just bringing this up myself. Is it hard for you to pass up fried chicken? (laughs) Nope. It's not hard. Like, it would be difficult for you, I would say, darn near impossible for you if I'm sitting there eating this ch- fried chicken for you, even if I'm like, you have to eat it for you to eat it. Like you do not, like, it's not a part of who you are in the same way that unforgiveness is no longer a part of who you are because you are forgiven.
0: Am I right? Yeah. Am I right on that? No, that's a great, great analogy. You know, you know, I won't touch fried chicken at all. Um, I do know that. And it's, and it's the, that's the, that is the experience. Like it, it wasn't, it was not hard for me. I thought it should have been. I expected, like I expected it to be this grueling process that I was going to have to struggle with for years and just really grin and bear it and force myself to, to accept this thing, even though I didn't want to accept it. But, but it was that like, that wasn't the case at all.
1: So then how did this thing continue to start changing your lives? It was just like one week, right? And and now you're back to your regular grind and you're getting out of the Navy and you're doing all this stuff. Like, did it just stop there? Is that why we're on this podcast or did, what else happened? Like what else changed this thing for you?
0: Yeah, that's it, man. Good talking to you. See you later. Roll the credits. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Like it's it's been such a I say wild ride, but just like an amazing ride of of freedom, of giving up control of different things in my life um that were that were the most important things that I was trying to control, like finding another like finding a woman. Mm. Right? Not not getting too personal, but So I'm like, I'm single right now. And four years ago, I would be obsessed about finding a woman to be with.
2: Right.
0: Right. Because, because I don't want to be single. I, I needed to have someone in my life. And, and now like, I'm okay with that because, because I know I'm good as I am. And I know God is so good. And so I'm going to keep doing my thing and and not worry about it. But but over this, you know, over the last, you know, 3 years, like everything has changed, like how I pray, my understanding of prayer. Um like how I see other people. That that that's a powerful that that's a powerful change for me. Was I always used to see people through the lens of what can I what can I get from this relationship?
2: Hmm.
0: And that was from, that was from, that's from my marriage. You're a businessman. Well, yeah. Like, thanks for noticing. <laughs> it's business um, time
1: with you. Some like old with, Justin, it was business time.
0: Yeah. Well, really, But I applied that to every aspect of my life. So it was with, it was with relationships. It was with, with my, my marriage. It was with just, just everything. But If, if someone, if someone couldn't do anything for me, I mean, yeah, it would be nice, but, but I'm not going to invest my time in, in that. And, and man, that's just, that's just not a way to live life. But, but now I see people through their value. This is the Holy Spirit, right? Like, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm perfect and I'm like, I got all this stuff down now. I'm good. Right. But through, through Holy Spirit, like in my life through, through Jesus in me i'm able to see other people in in a way that just through through love and not have a not have a deeper motive of what can what can i get it's more now now it's 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 like what can i give like how can i how can i help this person without wanting something or needing anything in return, your you deep,
1: your deepest motive is of the person and their well being, and to know that they're loved. Where before yeah, your it, deepest motive was so that it would come back to you somehow.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah, and and that just that change in my in my life has has led to me increasing my, my network and getting connected with people that I never thought I would be able to in personal life in business and in, uh, you know, like health and just all sorts of different aspects of my life. Every area of my life has benefited from this, this change in my perspective more than if I was trying to meet people and use them on my own. So does that
2: make
1: sense? For sure. So it's like before and we were talking about this when we were hanging out a couple of weekends ago. Before like your the biggest desire of your heart was control via financial freedom. And I don't know if you achieved this before you uh understood all of this, but now that's your reality and it's almost like he has given you this thing when you were ready to receive it and by being ready to receive it understanding that you had everything you need for that pertains to life and godliness already that you were a chosen generation like you you, you were a royal priesthood you have all of these things in Christ and now he's given you oh you wanted to have this because this is like the mind I've given you to do this and this for these people. Now I'm giving it to you because I know that you've received the heart that I gave you.
0: Yeah, no, like absolutely that your, your timeline was, uh, was perfect. I don't think I was ready. I think if I had achieved financial success earlier in my life, I would have used it differently. I would have stewarded it and in other ways to just to serve myself. Now my perspective is completely different. That's another thing that that completely shifted. It's not all about me with the things that I have. It used to be, it used to be all about me. Get stuff so I can have stuff. Hmm. And and now like yeah, I absolutely I want to I want to kill it. I want to be very very successful and and wealthy and and all the, all that good stuff. But the reason for that is completely different it's it's not for me i want to be just relentlessly generous Hmm. with with everything i am like i'm a steward right you want to talk about like financial uh financial uh jargon you know i'm an asset manager so my my time my health and my finances my relationships; those are things; those are assets that I manage for the glory of God, hmm. and, and that's the way I approach my life now. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done that before.
1: i I'm gonna explain to you how I know your love. Oh, okay. Uh, because this this uh, <laughs> this story just jumps into my, my mind because it's, it's literally the last time we hung out. And uh, we're at this photo shoot where <laughs> neither of us are in the photo shoot, but we're there supporting and hanging out. And my boy Hui is just like, Richard, you're on Ikea duty, meaning I'm supposed to put together this Ikea shelf. And... Uh, Hui knows me pretty well, but he doesn't know me that well, because if he did, he would know that I've never put anything together like that in my life, and all the tools in my house belong to Natalie, and I'm the least handy person of all time. And he's like, Rich, man, you're on Ikea duty. And new Rich is like, I would love to support my friend Hui, and I'm really going to give this a shot. And I... I just don't think it's going to work out because like, I like the the way my mind even works. I'm just like, this is going to be a problem. And in my, just thinking about old rich and old Justin, I picture old Justin being like old Navy man, old like discipline equals freedom. Look at old rich and be like, bro. But you came over and you were just like, man. And you could see the fear in my eyes. Like, help me and you didn't even make me beg you're just like let's do this thing and you all of you air quote help me i literally gave you some pieces and you put the whole thing together uh and i just see like like in that it was just generosity it was just like my man rich is struggling i don't need to put anything on him i don't need to shame him i don't need to. I can just, I can just help this guy out. And that means like that, I just see you and I'm just like, I don't know who old Justin was, but the Justin that is in Christ is selfless, is generous, doesn't seek his own and just gives, just gives to give. And, um, I mean, that's a testimony to me that you have been loved. Um, mm-hmm. Hearing the story as I'm listening to this thing and I'm just like, how, what does he feel towards his ex-wife now? You know, what, what, you know, sometimes I'm doing these podcasts and the biggest, the biggest scared, scare one time I was so scared that Chico was going to tell me that ayahuasca was the, the answer. And sometimes like, I'm like, well, what is he going to say about his ex-wife now? and i hear your heart of forgiveness i hear your heart of just like someone who's been super well loved man and so that's a that's a testimony before i ask you something to just kind of wrap it up did you want to did you want to touch on anything else that freedom has brought to your life that you're now looking at things completely different
0: well so my emotional openness is is a, is a huge change. Like we would not be having this conversation. Mercy. I, like, I, I would not be sharing this stuff with you. I, I had a conversation with, uh, with a, a friend yesterday and, uh, it got, it got into some stuff and, and I ended up opening up and, and talking about some stuff that I don't think I've ever shared with another person. Right. And, and, and after that, like I kind of, I kind of had that realization like that just happened. And, and I wasn't like, I wasn't scared. There wasn't, there wasn't fear there. There wasn't shame about this, this thing that was, that, that would have been very shameful uh, in the, in the past. Um, And so like, that is something that I've noticed my, uh, myself and just, yeah, I'm just I'm not the same person that I was, you know, 4 years ago. And
1: I'm I'm glad you bring up vulnerability and you tell me if, if this is true. Brené Brown talks about vulnerability and, and and it's like there's this risk, right? When you're vulnerable, there's a risk. And as you're having this conversation with your friend yesterday where on the in the natural it would look like you were super vulnerable, right? Because you said some things that were probably personal to you and that, you know, if somebody, if the wrong person heard it and had the wrong motives, maybe they could use it hurt you. You know, that's kind of what vulnerability is. And Mm -hmm. I have a suspicion that you did not feel vulnerable when you were telling this and you haven't felt vulnerable because, because there's a risk in vulnerability, right? In, is there a risk in you sharing your heart with people right now?
0: No. And, and actually that's, so, so some people will find that as a, as like, some people are really surprised at that. A, a lot of people, a lot of people are very guarded. Right. And that's, that's the word that, uh, that, that some people use. Like, I, I'm, I'm very guarded. and, and and I understand boundaries of communication and you know what privacy and and things like that, but 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 no, like I I don't have the same I don't feel the the risk involved in talking, especially about like old Justin. Right. Because I don't like that. That's that's not who I am. You know that man is dead, and I, and I'm made new through Christ. So So.
1: you don't have to weigh that risk in talking about that guy. And so that's what makes, like, people hear us talk and they're like, man, you're being kind of open. And sometimes we're, you know, we're into this thing a few years. We're kind of like, wait, what are you even, like, my conversation with my friend Jadra, like, where I opened up to her about all this stuff in my life and she's listening to me and she's like, you're drunk, bro. Why are you telling me all of this stuff? And I didn't even realize it until later when she tells me, yeah, I thought you were just talking way too much. But that's because we've lost the risk, we've counted the cost, and there's this thing called like, I need to tell you about this thing, because there's a chance that it could possibly change your life. And I love you, and I want you to receive this truth. And that supersedes any kind of risk or of old our old selves looking bad, because we just want them to see this thing god loves you
0: yeah it, it's so good it's like yeah i, I like I, i'm I'm giddy like i got this big stupid grin on my face right now you know it's like yes like it's that it's that's it it's
1: so good bro. it's
0: it's more than words it's more than words i used to sing in a song when i was you know 9 years old
1: all right, man, let me ask you this, and we'll wrap up with this. Cool. If someone's listening to this podcast, and they've been divorced, and they are angry, and they're wrestling with that anger, and they're wrestling with their identity, maybe they believe a, a bunch of stuff about themselves now that because they believe in Christ, or not even just who they are, because they were created in His, in his image, are not true. Um what would you say to someone who's listening to, to, to this podcast that is going through a similar experience that you went through uh, when you got divorced?
0: It comes down to the fact that I didn't understand God's love for me, right? Even, even when I was completely lost in deception, right? And, and I didn't know who I was, and I thought I could take care of everything myself. And the, the darkest times of my life, like, God was relentlessly pursuing me. Not, not just pursuing, mm-hmm. but relentlessly pursuing me. He loved me more than, than I could imagine, even when I, I hated myself. And I felt like a complete disappointment and and failure so to to go back and tell tell the old justin that 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 you are loved that that you have value that you have a you have a a purpose greater than this experience that you're going through these these feelings are not, uh, you know, the, you know, the phrase are not Lord of your life. It doesn't mean it's easy it, you know, it doesn't mean I haven't had struggles or, or that bad things, uh, struggles isn't, isn't the right word, but it doesn't mean I haven't had bad things happen in my life, you know, since then, but my perspective on that has, has changed. So I would just, I would encourage you to whoever to you know reach reach out to God. You know he's there. He is relentlessly pursuing a relationship. And and for me, I, I went for a long time actively ignoring, and actively avoiding, and actively running away. So stop running that's beautiful man that's that's a word bro singing like got me singing like glory yeah it got me telling my story know that your love is pouring on me uh, and love is pouring on me river flowing in it never ends more
2: than life more than me more than just pretend you can feel it freedom from within. Free
1: the the child. you' always been. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. We would love it if you could share this so that people could hear uh, more of these stories. And a way you can do that is to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a high rating. If, if you give us less than a five star, I'm inclined to believe that you're not really rocking with us. So give us a five star rating and, and throw a comment in there. If you're going to talk about us on social media, go ahead and use the hashtag Death to Life, and let's get that hashtag going. This podcast is a production of Love Reality, and if you want more information about Love Reality, go ahead and check us out at lovereality.org. This show's produced by Tyler Morrison and Katie Pruscia. The sound and editing is done by Addison Collingsworth and Eddie Cornejo. And then the Johnny on the spot is Annabelle Harper. And the artwork is done by Felix Gassman. Thank you so much for listening. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all.